Well, the leaves are changing, fall is here, and we are headed to an end of 2020. And for many, they are really getting ready to say good riddance to 2020. But you still don't want to close 2020 without hearing about some of the most unique charitable giving tools that Americans have ever had in recent history. And I, I don't think that's an exaggeration. Our guest will speak more to that today. You can learn why this is the year to make your biggest charitable gift ever, how you can get free will preparation through Cairn University, what your standard deduction can be for 2020, and a whole lot more with our guest today. You're listening to the Cairn 10 podcast, and uh, we welcome back to the podcast Keith Johnson, executive director of the Regency Foundation at Cairn University. Keith is an alum and has been on the podcast several times, and I really would suggest that you check out his podcast through the university uh, page, media page. His podcast is called Advancement. And there you can find a lot more of the kind of content that we will discuss today in much more detail, as well as uh, a lot of other financial information. Keith, thanks for coming on to the podcast again. It's my pleasure. Um, this has been an interesting year, hasn't it? <laughs> it has. It has. And so maybe we'll get the chance to put some capstone comments on that and give people some uh, positive tune-up advice on uh, tax season and some financial related things. So we've talked about uh, a lot of these topics in different ways, but not at this particular point in history. The first one uh, that we discussed earlier, wanting to refresh um, uh, in the minds of our alumni, is that of a will. And we talked, I think we did a whole podcast uh, on, on will preparation. Um, and we noted there the significance of that. And really, each of the topics that we talk about today, we have one category that will really apply to generally younger people, yeah. one that applies to people who are a little bit more seasoned, perhaps yeah. retired, and then one category that really, really applies to everybody. But this subject of uh, uh, getting a will is really, really critical for young people. You identified in the past, particularly people, let's say, who are newly married, especially when they have their first child, they want to start thinking about getting a will. What more can you tell us about that? You know, it's so funny. Most people think that the, that would be the last thing that you would even be interested in discussing uh, when somebody is, is creating a new family, starting a new family. But the truth is, um, one of our biggest responsibilities as parents is taking care of those children that God gives us. And so um, what you don't want to have happen is uh, leave your children to the care of the state that you live in. And that's literally what happens if you die without a will. And so um, one of the things that we always encourage people to do is just really give serious thought to who is going to be guardian of those children uh, if something were to happen to you. I realize the, the risk of death of both parents at that age is very low, but it does happen, unfortunately. And to be a responsible parent, we really need to take take care of that. So who is going to be guardian? Um, is it going to be a family member? Is it, you know, is it on the wife's side, the husband's side? How are we going to fight that out? Because sometimes that becomes very stressful uh, when you're having those discussions. And then the other question is, who's going to take care of the money? Because, um, you know, that could be a temptation. So is it the same person or is it going to be a different person? So that's something to give very serious thought one of the things I'm very excited about is we have uh, a website. Uh, it's www.freewill.com forward slash Karen. And that, that website will allow you to create all of the documents that you need 
uh, to be able to get a basic estate plan in order. So that would be the first step that I would encourage people to take. Which essentially allows a person associated with Karen to produce a will at, at almost no cost, right? Well, it is. Basically, I mean, we're the ones that pay for that uh, site right. for you. So there so is a we, cost. We're there just is a cost. The cost. We're yes. just paying yeah. for it. Um, but, you know, you have two choices. When it's, when it's all done, you can have it forwarded to an attorney for review, which would be very appropriate. Or if you uh, just want to print it out and then have it notarized and uh, witnessed, then that, that becomes a... Uh, you know, a, a lawful will. And it's good in all 50 states. And not- notary is a small, very nominal fee. Right. Yeah. So it'd be, it would yeah. be very small. Yeah. So, in so essence, free, free will preparation. Basically, yeah. it is. And um, it's something that we wanted to make available to people and make it as convenient as we possibly could so that there's no barrier or hindrance to that. Um, and, you know, we can't forget older, older families as well, older couples as well. You know, the estate planning is so important for all of us because you want to ensure that your assets go where you intend it to go. Right. And uh, every state has a law for those who do not have a will, and it's going to determine where your estate's going to go, and it's not going to go the way you might think it will. And like you said, if there are fights... Before a person dies unexpectedly, you can only imagine what kind of chaos is going to ensue after they pass away if there is no will or legal planning. It's right. going to be far, far worse. Yeah. Well, and, you know, if you have uh, if someone passes away, let's say the father passes away. Uh, I don't know why us men always die first, but yeah. we do. Um, <laughs> uh, if, let's say the husband passes away and there's, you know, younger or teenage children still in the home. Um you know, don't expect that all of the estate is going to go to the wife, the surviving spouse, uh, because state law will determine where that's going to go. And it might be split with the children. So right. you just want to be sure that it that is taken care of in advance. Yeah. So that's that's the key about estate planning. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I fall in the younger alumni category anymore. I, I feel like I do, but I'm, I'm, I'm making some progress through that stage. But I can say that uh, my wife and I, who's also an alum, um, worked on that a while ago, and it really is a great relief to have mm-hmm. that done. So I'd encourage any alum who's listening to take advantage of this. We will link to that at the bottom of this podcast. If you have any questions, we're going to leave you with Keith's contact information. Great. Uh, any questions about uh, will preparation, he can uh, assist you with that or, or with free will. But it will be really clear how to do that, and it's certainly time well spent and a very conscientious thing to do. So that's something that really affects particularly uh, those who are those who are younger. Let's move into those who are a little bit more seasoned and are in the retirement category. There's something called RMD, a term that is thrown around a lot. Can you explain what that is? And and for 2020, there's some new things I understand related to that. Can you break that down for anybody listening? Of course. So RMD stands for Required Minimum Distribution. So most, most older adults are familiar with when they turn 70 and a half. So in the year in which you turn 70 and a half, you uh, in the past were required to start taking required minimum distributions from all retirement accounts. So um, just to throw out a number, if you were age 70 and a half um, and you wanted to take it out for your lifetime, uh, you would take 127th in your first year at age seven and a half. Now, the CARES Act, which was passed earlier this year because of of the COVID pandemic, um, has given us reprieve for this year only. 
So in 2020, you're not required to take that distribution. Now, that's a big savings in tax for a lot of older Americans uh, because the, re- the purpose for the required minimum distribution is you've gotten these tax deductions all your life as you put money in. Now, whatever, the con- whatever Congress taketh away, uh, Congress is going to give back to themselves. So there you go. They're, they want the money uh, to come back into the tax coffers. So they require you to, p- to take the distribution so that you can pay tax. So the, the um, 2020 is just a unique year, of course, because of all that's been going on, and you have the opportunity to skip this year. So that is a, a, a good thing for many uh, people that are not you know, totally dependent on that income uh, after age seven and a half. The question comes then, what do you do if you've already taken it out And um, now you realize for the first time, ooh, I didn't have to take it out. What do I do? So if it's done within the last 60 days, you can put the money back as a rollover. Now, I I wish we had done this sometime like in July because Congress gave us to August 31st to correct anything for 2020 for the first eight months of the year. Unfortunately, now... You, you're in the 60-day rollover period. So you, if you've taken it out and you still are within the 60 days, you can put the money back in. Till the end of the year. Till the end of okay. the year. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to worry about uh, having to pay tax on those distributions this year. So that's an important thing to, to know that you can redeposit the money. Um, one of the important tax law changes that I think I need to go over is if you have not reached age 70 and a half by January 1st of 2020, so you're not quite 70 and a half, you have till age 72 to start required minimum distributions. So for us very young people, it gives us an opportunity to put that off for two extra years. Um, and of course, what, what Congress is trying to do is encourage people to build their retirement up um, and this was also something that was helpful uh, in, in encouraging people, uh, you know, to save for retirement and not be forced to pull it out early. Plus, people are living longer. So I think this was another way for them to, to help, um, you know, take care of that issue. So if you're not seven and a half by January 1st of 2020, um, then you do not have to take it out until you're age 72. If you are already 70 and a half as of January 1st of this year, then you're re- under the old law. So you would be required to take it out with the exception of 2020. You don't have to take it out this year. I know this is really confusing, but it's important that you follow the law because the penalties on failing to pull the money out at the right time is humongous. So you, it's 50% tax penalty. So you don't want to be caught with that. Um, and that's why it's such an important thing to know what you're doing when, when it comes to the required minimum distributions. So moving to something that, that applies to anybody, uh, and that is charitable giving tools. You've talked quite a bit about uh, some ways that people can make charitable gifts and in, in the process to pay less tax and to, to ensure that that money goes to a variety of organizations such as Cairn or perhaps mm-hmm. some other place that someone's motivated to give to in addition. 
Um, and so can you run through a couple of these tools that maybe I, I mentioned as a teaser at the beginning that the, if, the, if you're going to make a larger gift, this is the year to do it. And I know that's in your list. So can you run through a couple of the charitable giving tools that are particularly important in 2020? Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I am thrilled about is Congress still has reserved charitable giving as a, a major tax tool, tax saving tool. So, in fact, it's probably one of the best that you can that you have uh, for for everyone. So, uh, if you want to reduce your taxes, be generous. It's that simple. Um, because oh, and oh, you have to be a cheerful giver too when you do that, uh, according to the scriptures. So, for 2020, this is a really sort of a fascinating year. Um, this year, you are allowed to put. Um, a tax deduction that would eliminate 100% of your adjustable gross income for this year. Now, some people uh, who are listening to this may remember it used to be 50%. Um, you could deduct up to 50% of your, in of your income. Then they raised it to 60%. But for 2020 only, it's 100%. So they're giving people the opportunity to eliminate all tax this year if you want to be super generous. So uh, I think that's really an incredible opportunity for people. So let me just sort of give you some ideas. Where, where do you, how do you do this? Because I, maybe you're living on a fixed income and how would you be able to, to make such a gift to eliminate all your taxes this year? Um, the first thing I would do is I would think about my IRA because there are an animal out there called Qualified Charitable Distribution from the IRA. Um, that distribution goes from where, where whoever is the custodian of your IRA directly to charity. Um, if you do that, and you do it with the right, the right way, um, that eliminates all the taxes. So that is a great way to get uh, tax savings um, for any year, by the way. In fact, you can give as much as $100,000 a year out of an IRA. So that's, that's a really important um, opportunity for those who are 70 and a half or older. I've used the illustration before. For example, let's say you're a generous giver. You give away $1,000 a month. Uh, it might be to the church, Karen, or, or a mission organization, wherever you're giving the money. Uh, but you have $12,000 sitting in your checking account designated for giving this year. Or you have $12,000 sitting in your IRA. You would be much better off to take the money out of the IRA, do a charitable distribution, and keep your money in the checking account because you're going to eliminate all the tax on that IRA. So it's just a great way of being able to manage how do you get the most advantage of the tax code. Um, another way to do it is let's say you are living on a fixed income, and uh, but yet you have some savings or you have some money you know, sitting in an IRA, for example. Um, you could consider doing a charitable gift annuity. With a charitable gift annuity, you may give a gift to Karen University. In exchange for that gift, we will give you lifetime income. Um, you might be able to get as much as 5% uh, interest for that lifetime income. And right now that's a very attractive rate. So you earn the interest income of say 5% a year for the rest of your life. 
you also get a charitable deduction for a portion of what you've given to, into that annuity. So it's a very attractive way to, um, to help out Karen University, plus you get income for life, plus you get a charitable deduction for, uh, for much of the gift. So it's a really a great tool. Uh, in a similar way, uh, you can do a charitable remainder unitrust. Now, we will help you set that up. The trust allows you basically to do the same thing that a gift annuity would do, except under a charitable remainder trust, we can do several things. First of all, we can delay you getting the income. Let's say you're not quite ready to start taking income. So we delay it for five years, 10 years or whatever. That will make that money grow. And then you'll get a higher income when, it, when the time comes to take it out. Also, you get the charitable deduction today, which would be great. But just think of this. What if you were able to give enough money to where it would eliminate all of your taxes for 2020 because you set up this, this tool? Then with the income that you're going to, I mean, the tax savings, the money you're going to get in as a refund, you could give that in 2021 and get another tax deduction. So it's just a great way uh, to uh, reduce taxes, get income for life, and help out Karen University. I believe that would be called a win-win-win. <laughs> Keith, are there any tools that we have available for people for qualified charitable distribution right now? Yeah, we actually do, and it's it's through freewill.com. It's that same, same website, same website okay. except it has a little bit different address. So it's freewill.com forward slash QCD, which stands for Qualified Charitable Distribution, and then forward slash Cairn. So that's freewill.com QCD forward slash Cairn. And when you do that, that will bring up forms that you can use, say, at, at Vanguard or TD Ameritrade or Schwab or anywhere that you might have an IRA. They have the forms and they, they process all of that for you uh, at no charge. So it's a great tool. So that would be a good, a good opportunity for our listeners. So finally, we come to some new information on standard deductions. Everybody's going to, who's earning an income is going to file a, a tax yep. uh, return. And so what do we know this year about standard deductions? Well, um, the recent tax laws have, have raised that standard deduction. It started out at $12,000 uh, per, uh, per, uh, for a single person, 24000 for married. That has been increased now. For 2020, it'll be 12,400 for this year for in, uh, for single, and if you're filing jointly, it's 24,800. But there's another little benefit that nobody or very few people have heard about, and that is you're allowed this year to take a deduction for up to $300 in charitable deduction, even if you can't qualify to itemize your deductions. So let's say you. Your, your, your itemized deductions don't come up to the $24,000 level, you still get to write off $300 of your charitable d deductions. So it's, uh, and that's above the line. So it's, it's a nice little savings. It's not, it's not going to uh, change the world, but at least it gives you a little bit of refund extra on your, on your tax return. Um, you know, timing these deductions is, is the key to this strategy. And I would say that if you have an opportunity to take even the, the, the contributions you would make for next year, you put them all into this year, 
um, it's going to be a great benefit for you on a tax saving. So this is the year to go big <laughs> in terms of charitable giving. Well, that's a ton of information, Keith, and it's really, really helpful. And listen, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, I feel pretty certain you probably need some clarification on some things. You probably don't have a pen handy. Maybe you're even driving a car and you shouldn't have a pen handy if that's the case. So we're going to link to uh, the, the different websites mentioned here. And uh, also, as I said to you before in the podcast here, uh, you should check out the other Advancement podcasts because a number of these things Keith has gone into greater detail on on the Advancement podcast uh, and links to that will be below as well. So thanks again for joining us, Keith. Thank you, alumni, for listening. And uh, if you have any questions further and are interested in getting in touch with Keith, you can do that by simply emailing him at kjohnson, that's J-O-H-N-S-O-N, at karen.edu. We're really grateful for your generosity to the university using some of the strategies that Keith has mentioned here. And we also want to be a resource to you. We hope that this information has been helpful. And I know that Keith is very, very available and very interested in talking with anybody who has a question about these. You can tell how excited Keith is talking about these tools. And so we want to make sure that you are well equipped for all these things. And we are here for you to help if you have any questions. Thanks again for listening. <music>